0: hello and welcome to gag cast the cast where we gag all over all over rupaul's drag Grace. i'm doing the introduction this time um it's me your boy richard uh i'm joined as always by the lovely lady jocelyn moffat hi jocelyn how are you
1: i'm wonderful richard i like when you do the intro i it takes so much <laughs> pressure off me i think i might just sit back relax and let you do it all the time
0: yeah and you know when you give me the intro roll you know it's going to be of a high quality as well so you know you're not you're not not, um losing anything (laughs) i don't fucking know (laughs) (laughs) anyway this week's episode episode six we've got nine queens left and it's episode six those numbers feel weird (laughs) to me that doesn't match up with where i thought we'd be but (laughs) This week's episode was all about DragCon panels, but we also had a weird mini challenge to do with feeling things with your ass, <laughs> And, um... Yeah. So, I have a few things about, like, the start of the show. So, you know, they have a little bit of a ramble and they talk and they bitch at each other just a little bit before the she's already to head hers comes yeah. up. <laughs> um... So one one thing I think I have an opinion of of basically this entire season, and I'm sure it's present in the other seasons because after all, this is a reality TV show and it's called a reality TV show to remind you that this isn't reality and it's <laughs> skewed and edited and produced in a certain way to give you a certain perception with your eyeballs. Um, but I've noticed it the biggest during this season Having following a few of these queens that I like and even people like The Vixen, and every episode they go, well, you never saw the massive amount of laughs or, you know, you never saw during um, Miss, Cracker's, uh, Miss Cracker's and Mayhem Miller's performance last week. She had like seven more jokes that were funnier than some of the stuff that was shown, but they show the stuff that didn't quite work to give you a bad impression. You know, so
1: yes this and, uh, is, it's, it's a big problem with a lot of reality tv or at least something you constantly have to keep in mind that they're trying mm. to lead you down a certain path and they're trying to direct you so that then when something happens later on in the episode it's a <gasps> moment when really you'd yeah. seen everything you'd be like oh yeah that makes sense because they don't want it to be too predictable so they try to almost like misdirect you it is though it is predictable when you know what to look for then it becomes extraordinarily predictable (laughs) because
0: they come in they go Blair let's have an interview and I'm like no it's happening (laughs) so yeah like and it, it also makes me think you know I I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with some of my comments about Eureka and Vixen in our past podcasts because of how skewed this series is i certainly have some negative opinions of them but i think they're a bit overinflated just because that's what we see in the cut edit um i'm still gonna
1: stick to it i still don't think that vixen is a nice person
0: (laughs) i think yeah i mean i still have some views on it but i think they might be uh skewed based on what i'm seeing edited but the Mm. reason i picked this up is because the rest of the charge, and when we get to it, when they're doing like a little mini drag con thing in the audience, the audience laughs, you hear them laughing, and then they'll cut to a picture of them, but they're not laughing. Yeah. You know, there's like audio desync, and this is, this is where I went, huh, it's a, it's, I'm, I'm noticing the, the editing and the production value so much that's kind of taking me out of it a little bit now. Yeah, to be I feel honest. like something
1: like with the DragCon con panels, like they have to take a whole lot of information and condense it down because I noticed with, um, I think it might have been the team wig, Blair, Cracker, and Vixen, their beginning portion before they went to audience questions and their demo was much, much shorter than the other ones. And I think it was yes. just that they, um, like, they just, they have to condense it down. And I think what it ends up being is they show... The highlights from the good team, they show some stuff from the middle team and they show the low, the low lights, (laughs) the low moments from the the, 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 the dislikes. Yeah. Because they want the judging to make sense. Like they want us to go when Rue says team body is the best and team wig is the worst. We as audience members go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. They really looked like they were struggling. So whether Mm. they had high points or not doesn't really matter because in the end, they're the bottom. And I think that the production is done in a certain way to show us why they were in the bottom. Um, As like, I don't think that, you know, team body was on point for the whole entire time, but they cut the points that, you know, weren't that great because overall they were very strong. So I think that's just how the editing kind of works. And you're right. Like it's when they have longer presentations, Especially when there's a live audience, the cuts are a lot more noticeable than if you're just looking at like the runway or, you know, if they have even when they're doing like commercials or, or body or. um Oh, what am, what's the word I'm thinking of um, music videos, things like that, like it, it becomes a lot less noticeable but uh but yeah live audiences especially the cuts are, are very very noticeable so, and I think was, that's all it is it's just a lot of content right so
0: yeah I just I just don't want to watch a YouTube video where it's like hi and welcome to and here we go and you know where it's like cut 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 cut, cut. but my, my main issue with it honestly is um just when someone gets interviewed at like the start of the show it means they're going home and I don't like that because yeah. that's been a pattern I've noticed. And that's probably that's probably my main thing here. I understand it's a production thing. It makes sense that if this is the team that's getting criticized, like you said, it makes sense that the bad parts of it should be shown to us because that's the part that matters at the mm-hmm. end of the day. That's the reasoning Ruin the judges have for making their decisions. But what I don't like is it's just kind of obvious. It's like almost obvious now. The strategy they're doing to like try and oh, oh, Blair will be going this episode, so we need to give her more screen time.
1: Exactly. You know? Yeah. Because I think they do interviews with all the queens every week, and then it's just they decide based on what's said, who they're going to show and who they're not going to show. And it becomes very, very obvious who's going to be in the top and who's going to be on the bottom based on who whose interviews we see, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one other thing, I, I this is just an overall thing um, Cameron Michaels. The way she looks at people during like the cuts and she'll be in the background and she just look at people, I fucking live for it. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things about the show right now is her just not silently judging, but just looking at people like mm-hmm
1: yeah and they keep saying and it came up a lot in this episode like oh cameron never talks we don't see your personality blah 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 blah, blah. i'm like just because you're not paying attention doesn't mean you like cameron doesn't have a personality i think like,
0: she's got one of the biggest personalities on there because yes she has a presence
1: yeah i 100 <laughs> percent agree and like she conveys so much with just a look it's just the other queens yeah. are too busy yeah <laughs> <laughs> to
2: notice
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: you came out looking like a sponge you don't deserve to be here yeah
1: (laughs) meanwhile cameron's just sitting there letting everyone know exactly what she thinks with just a glance like that's so much more of a talent and a personality than someone who can't ever shut their mouth
0: (laughs) (laughs) so those are like my overall thoughts of the whole thing that don't really have much to do with the actual content in the show it's just it's just something I've noticed, like the production value, I think, is a bit too like ham fisted to the point where it's kind of actually taking away from the magic of reality TV. Like, I don't have much suspense with who's on the bottom. Like, I don't think I have had. And that's not to say it's due to people I like going home because I liked Mayhem and I liked Blair who went home this episode. Spoilers by the way. I mean, I hope you fucking watched the episode before you listen to us rant on about it for an hour. <laughs> but um just in case, spoilers, she went home. Um I love Blair, but like I was so a fucking mad at this all.
1: episode. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get into it. Um so anyway, they started off with a mini challenge where they had to like try and figure out uh, what they were what like what object they were just by sitting on them.
1: I this, thought this, this was hilarious and clearly done just for Rue's amusement. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like,
0: it's like it's, it's like a fun dictator, isn't Yes.
1: It? And oh my god, Cameron got so much sticky shit all over his yeah. face
0: wearing shorts was a mistake wearing
1: Shorts, yeah with the marshmallows and then the cake it was like when he sat down on the cake he's like oh that's cake oh I can smell it I was like I don't think you've had cake in the last five years buddy No, <laughs> looking at that, that body, body there's no way that yeah. body eats cake
0: <laughs> but yeah like the mini challenge didn't really mean anything it was quite fun though it like, was
1: yeah it was fun And I don't even know like, so they did the mini challenge and then they talked about who won but i you don't got even like know what an asia Amazon
0: gift card or something oh shit.
1: okay so it was it was like a, a, you have a prize seven dollar witch
0: yeah. uh, card gift card at amazon.com yeah right right, right but yeah there was there was no
1: actual influence on the main challenge from the mini challenge because they actually got the chance to not only choose their own groups but then also choose their own uh theme for their panels which i thought was really smart because it kind of takes the excuse out of it of being like oh well mini challenge winner hates me so gave me a crappy group and blah 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 like
0: yeah it takes that i always disliked that
1: i i I always disliked their own
0: stuff the person that could like scream the loudest in the melee challenge was the one who got to decide what would happen in the main challenge about like beauty or Mm -hmm. something you know there there was always a bit of discontinuity there but i guess it also helps. When you can just have someone do all that shit when you've got like 12 queens, but we're down to nine. So, like this, even though it's, it's a lot of queens still, but it felt like really condensed, which is just goes to show how fucking jam packed this season has been. It's mm-hmm. been ridiculously jam packed. Like, the only reason why I have negative opinions about a few people is because I'm quite passionate about the show. nothing it's nothing but a good thing at the end of the day you know so yeah asia won um she's good at feeling things with her butthole
1: apparently oh my god the traffic cone the traffic (laughs) cone was so funny and i I think it was even i think it was vixen who like was the first one they showed anyways like pushing herself all the way up and then coming down really hard on the cone and i was like oh Uh... man whether you're ready joys, for that or not, that's that's got to hurt.
0: <laughs> the joys of being a gay bottom slut. I think that's that. I, I kind of cringed a bit at Aquaria going, "Thank grow about the eggplant, but mm. that's just me. I'm not I'm not Aquaria into that. Aquaria
1: just makes me cringe every time she opens her mouth. So. Oh,
0: oh, 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 oh. Speaking of Aquaria, she wore a fucking shirt with her own face on it.
1: Yes, she did.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God. Good I, or oh, my God. Bad
0: bad awful no good do that you're already i think my opinion of aquaria is she's like instagram queen i'm pretty sure that's what she that's how she got on the show anyway Of just like me 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 i'm so me i have a picture of me on me you know that's that's what i get um i'm very
1: self-absorbed i'm not a fan either
0: no she's yeah she's she's absorbing a lot shall we say. Anyway, the main challenge, like we said, nothing to do with the mini challenge. I personally liked this, but we had three teams of three because there are nine queens left. So we had Monet, Eureka, and Cameron as team body, which I felt was a fucking strong pick, even though they were Cameron and um, Monet were just kind of like in the back going, "Okay, who wants to go together? Oh, you're done? Okay, I'll go pick them. Oh, they're busy. You know even though they were kind of the team that was sort of the scraps i i had a lot of confidence in them
1: yeah well it's because you have all three kind of body types right you have a more muscly masculine bodied queen with a more traditional bodied queen with a big girl and i think that those three perspectives were the perfect ones to go on a body panel. Like you can literally get all your questions answered from yeah. that panel. I thought it was perfect. That team was amazing. I was like, they're going to win. Like even before yeah. they came up with their whole, um, pr- proportion,
0: even before they <laughs> came up
1: with their like keyword, their like buzzword, they still their brand. were they their branded. brand. Yeah. And they were the and only ones that had a brand. The other teams very much didn't listen to Rue at all about, you know, branding and the things you want to put forward and how you're always working, always selling, blah, 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 no matter what you're doing. And I think, like, this week again, we saw Vixen just being like, I don't got to practice. Like, yes, you do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's an issue. She doesn't work. (laughs) Later on in Untucked, you kind of see that she's quite delusional about her perspective versus the perspective of the judges. Yeah. Which, um, why well, she might be in the bottom too. But yeah, this team body was definitely bogus, Bunsen and bean, one fat, one short, one lean. Uh, <laughs> from fantastic, Mr. Fox. <laughs> it was, it was really good. And seeing Eureka as well have that huge advantage of going to DragCon before and just going down and saying, here's what they want. This is what we should do. I think a moderator is really good. And they went, yeah, let's do that.
1: Yeah, so, I can't believe even after some of the, the comments from Rue that people still didn't go with like a moderator. And like, have you never been to a panel uh, at a convention ever at all? Like,
2: <laughs> mm, I just, mean, I
1: was really excited about this because obviously as someone who does a lot of cons, a lot of panels, a lot of podcasts, like I was just like, there's, there's actually a challenge on drag race. That's something (laughs) I might excel at. (laughs) This is amazing. And so I could tell just by the things that they were talking about, I was like, Oh, that's going to end badly. Or like you said, with Eureka and the moderation, like, yes, she did have a big advantage from being at cons before, but also she just like, I seem like team body really just sat back and listened to a lot of what was being put forward. And then took that they
0: took notes yeah
1: they took that and and incorporated it into their presentation and obviously it worked whereas the other ones were just like all over the place and not paying attention to what was said in the challenge or what was said by Rue even when uh, uh, Monique was saying uh, the eating the chicken nuggets thing
0: saying like (laughs) oh Rue's
1: dropping all these nuggets and I'm just Eating them with a hot mustard. I'm not, no, I'm like, and I was just. But then she didn't prove that at all, so I was just like, oh man, yeah. Her
0: team to me wasn't as good, but it wasn't as bad as Team Wig, so yeah, they the deserved their middle place. But the, the thing, thing I loved team about
1: Wig was was right what Rue said about how like most of the jokes that we saw anyways didn't land, and they just seemed super super mean for no reason. And I was like. You're not giving a panel or any kind of information right now. Like, that was, uh,
0: that was like, uh, like, um, was it called Punch and Judy? I think it was in Britain. Have you ever heard of it where they had, um, sock puppet thing for kids? And literally, the entire premise of it is Judy beats the fuck out of Punch and Punch beats the fuck out of Judy. And it's very funny because it's domestic abuse with socks. Um, (laughs) that that was basically what this panel was, which is unfortunate. But anyway, going back to, team body i'd like to go through each of them like their entire performance then move on but i mean you can't help but cringe at team wig <laughs> it was it was awful it was awful but yeah the, the, the most important thing to me about team body was their actual performance when it came to the actual drag panel felt like a drag panel to me i've never been to a convention but i have watched these conventions online especially from the perspective of the person who is like on on the stage, you know, like you at uh, Angry Chicken Open and the um, Incident Nexus Open stuff at BlizzCon, I've watched those, so I have like kind of an idea of what at least I like from a gaming perspective from a panel, and I felt that was really well represented in Team Body proportionizing.
1: I agree. I think that you know Eureka was really strong, and she did a good job moderating. They each brought something different to the panel, and they had something different to talk about. And it was very informative, and I liked a lot of the and points. Even the camera made Cameron made. They
0: worked well together. They did as well.
1: They gave each and other a lot of space so and allowed yeah. each other to to kind of have their moment and weren't stepping over each other all the time, which is a problem I think from some of the other teams, especially Team Wig, which I know we keep going back to, but um they they did (laughs) that's because
0: it's so bad (laughs)
1: it was so bad and it's it's literally the example of what not to do when you're doing a presentation and a panel in any sort of professional setting when you're supposed to be selling something um whether it's you know an actual product or just selling yourself and and trying to make people like you like blair even made the point of like if the audience vote is going to matter we should make sure we're likable Vixen and mm. Cracker were not likable at all and I co- that's coming from a place of someone who really likes Cracker she's my favorite and she's she was really 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 bad like I was so disappointed I was like you're not helping yourself at all Yeah right this now. wasn't
0: this wasn't the type of comedy I enjoyed from Cracker no. I must say but It's like
1: she tried too hard to be Vixen and it just didn't land
0: Yeah, but I mean, the the thing I was most impressed about Team Body, honestly, was Eureka not swallowing the entire stage and being considerate. And I think it was, I think why it worked so well for her, she was the moderator, and also it was something she had done. So I think she was actually in that leadership role that she always tries to be in these other challenges where she doesn't get it, where she'll put her ideas forward and sort of talk over other people, which is a skill I'm very good at in this here podcast. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah it was it really made me um like eureka a lot more and um yeah it was i like i felt like i learned something
1: well but the that reason panel. that you liked eureka more is because she was given the lead role so she didn't have anyone to butt heads with had she been with Very anyone true. else other than monet and cameron she would have been normal obnoxious eureka
0: it, so. <laughs> was, it was a fantastic pairing. I it was, say.
1: yeah, they worked so well together because Eureka just got to, you know, be the boss.
0: I feel, I feel Cameron is very, like, quiet and will adapt to the situation. Monet's just happy to be there, mm-hmm. honestly. And Eureka's more than happy to lead the charge and be confident. Yeah. The issues with Eureka is always when she has to butt heads with someone. That's when she doesn't do as well or you know that dreaded untucked where it was just them going at each other for 20 minutes her and fucking vixen oh my god
1: yeah that was the
0: drama's over pretty much it's all gone and i'm really happy (laughs) for now
1: (laughs) so we should talk a little bit about team makeup though Mm. we've kind of Mm. glossed over them because the team body was so strong and team wig was so bad but team makeup did exist
0: it was all right it was all right my biggest stickler, like they weren't as confident as Team Body. Um, I feel that Team Body, going back to the winning team, um, <laughs> I feel that they really, really practiced and they practice well together. With Team Makeup, the way Aquaria talked and it was mostly Aquaria and the stuff she said that it took a while for them to gel. I think they were quite nervous. Um, we saw as well in the practice before that Aquaria didn't really know how to convey herself well, mm-hmm. which I totally I, I I totally understand. You know, it's it's hard when it's hard to do public speaking. I think for anyone. Um, but, you know, you have to do it. Otherwise, you're going fucking home. <laughs> but <laughs> well, the biggest that's the thing, thing, right? For the me... whole idea
1: of being a drag queen is that you are giving a performance. So if you can't mm-hmm. stand up and perform, I think it's becoming very, very obvious that some of the queens are not actually performers. They are uh, suffering from what like Kim Chi suffered from, except she stepped it up and learned. I don't know if Aquaria is actually learning anything, but you can tell that she's made her living like on Instagram or you yes. know, looking pretty as opposed to being entertaining and, you know, and I'm not saying that she doesn't work hard. I'm not saying she doesn't do a lot of jobs and stuff, but what I'm saying is I don't think those jobs involve talking. <laughs> I think she's yeah. she very much like shows up places and is a face and, and cause she doesn't seem to have the confidence in herself when it comes to actually opening her mouth and, Talking and being funny or conveying information like she does seem she's very, not a comedy
0: queen she's
1: not and it's not even that she's not a comedy queen like i really don't think that she's a talk to other people queen she's a mm. look at me and admire me from afar kind of queen like look she's how a, pretty i am period she's
0: like a, a voluptuous gay i'd say
2: <laughs>
1: okay
0: that's, that's where i put her voluptuous twink this is my body and that's my skill yeah <laughs> that would be mine. But I mean, as Crack has said at the end, every queen on there, they're on there because they're great. It's just the greatest queen and the one who wins will be the one who performs and everything uh, the top queen should, mm-hmm. which includes public speaking. But, you know, I, I learned a bit about makeup, especially with the blushing stuff on the model and props to the model, by the way, that guy from... um. Oh, crew! <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he was quite good. That was good. I mean, the only the only real criticism I have of team makeup, apart from not being as confident and strong and working together as well, was the demonstrations. One of them was working on the Prick Crew member and then Aquaria and Asia sort of like did their demonstrations at the same time and they were trying to give each other time to talk, but the audience would just like look left and look right, then look left, and look right. It wasn't like, we'll look at Aquaria, this is her thing, and then we'll go to Asia, this is her thing, and then we'll go to the model with, um, what's her face, fucking Monique, Monique Hart, and um, look, the demonstration's done. Like, I felt the demonstration part was honestly the biggest thing that stuck out to me. It just didn't flow. But I enjoyed the rest of the panel.
1: I completely agree about the demonstration portion. I felt that that was their weakest part, I thought they did pretty well with the Q and A, but the demonstration was just like the fact that they chose to only do one thing on the pit crew member, I thought was a mistake. Um, I get that like false lashes are something like you don't necessarily want to be messing around on a live performance with glue at somebody else's eye. Like there's a lot that can potentially go wrong there, especially if you're not used to doing somebody else's like false eyelash application. Like, I can see why maybe they would have wanted to do that just on Asia, but there's no reason why Aquaria couldn't have done that to the pit crew member. And like you say, mm-hmm. the fact that they were like, they had obviously practiced that and thought it would work. But especially once Asia started with the blow dryer over top of what Aquaria was saying, it was just like, wow, this is not working at all. Like it was clearly the plan. It was clearly practiced. Cause it was like, I do one thing. You do one thing. I do my next thing. You do your next thing. Like, and very back and forth it was very back and forth and i can understand that when you've got like things that need time to dry or you know stuff like that where you need to add some time you don't want panels to have big open spaces of nothing happening but i don't feel like that was the case with team makeup i feel like if they're they were going to do things like applications of stuff that needed to dry maybe they should have chosen another skill because when you think about drag makeup you've got your shadows your liners your your um like they did the highlighting but i think even the highlighting i was like okay everyone knows how to put highlighter on that's not but really even
0: like, i know about highlighting yeah and, and it's I didn't kind do of do a very makeup ever
1: it's very like uh <laughs> non impactful when it comes to your face like it's not the most important thing it's very much like a finishing like flourish whereas like putting on the foundation and doing all of your contouring like that would have been a lot more useful. So I think they made they some really poor done. choices when it came to what makeup they were showing how to do. Even like cat eye winged eyeliner, which Aquaria does mm. all the time. I'm a woman who's been doing makeup for literally over 20 years to myself. I can't make my cat eyes match. Like, tell me how to make <laughs> my cat eyes match.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it just wasn't... It, they just didn't have a... a, a, a a concept or like a, a plan They where weren't very cohesive each, Yeah, it wasn't cohesive and it didn't allow each of the members to shine With Teen Body, I really enjoyed seeing each of their stuff shine because they're like here we are, introduce Cameron, what's your stuff? Blah 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 mm-hmm. Mani, what's your stuff? Blah blah blah, you record your stuff Blah 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 blah, let's do the panel Blah 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 blah, blah. Let's, let's do this thing on the body, each person has a chance to demonstrate their ideas in this one, it was just like the only person you really stuck out was the the um pit crew guy, honestly. Because it was just an, an uncohesive sort of mess. Well, and even with the
1: pick crew guy, the reason that I felt he stuck out to me was because the body was so good because he was still wearing all the stuff that Team Body had put on him <laughs> in the panel yeah. before. And I was exactly. like, that's what I was noticing is I was like, damn, that silhouette is very proportionalized.
0: <laughs> and they did it so easily as well. Yes. Like there was an impact. There was a definite impact. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I yeah. I-, I think it was all about education meets fun. Mm-hmm. And I there wasn't honestly a would lot of education
1: them. from Team Makeup But there was even less from Team yeah. Wig <laughs>
0: I, mean, I mean Team Body did the great thing of going This is what we're trying to educate but we're going to make it fun Team Makeup are kind of like Oh we're just going to be ourselves and try and talk about what we do I feel I don't feel that they planned it that much And then the last team, Team Wig Which I can imagine you have a few things to say about oh, It was just like they were trying to do inside jokes
1: Almost, you know? except for it wasn't even like inside jokes because, like, often inside jokes it's like words that everybody knows but don't get the other meaning of. Whereas this was just "you're a dumb bitch." No, "you're a dumb bitch." No, "fuck you." You're a bitch. Like, and it just like degraded so quickly. I was like, this isn't funny. This actually feels like you guys just hate each other and you've been waiting to get licks in. Like this is not Mm. funny and not good and poor blair that looks like she was caught in the middle of it all like it was just a disaster she
0: she was the no man's land yeah and it it looked like she didn't
1: know what to do and again i think this comes down to vixen and her what seems to me like total lack of practice she seems to be winging it every week and bringing down her team as a as a result
0: everything she does is always a little bit unpolished to me yeah and that's no, that's, it doesn't matter if it's the, it's, if it's a material or a dress thing or if it's a performance thing. I always find her, her, uh, rough around the her edges. performances just to be like just enough to be considered, honestly. Yep. Like it's, it's just enough for her to meet the requirements of the competition. Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, I, I was so disappointed because when it comes to Team Wig, I was actually the most excited about that because that's one of the things that I find, um, with RuPaul, obviously. But with a lot of the queens, when they go from even like having a lot of hair, they go from they're like looking like a dude to looking like they have hair down to their asses. And you can't tell at all, (laughs) like some Mm. most of them, you can't even see hairlines. And I was so excited because um, for those of you who aren't familiar with me, I used to have hair that was like almost down to my ass and I chopped it all off about a year ago. Um, into a super short like two inch long pixie cut and I liked this super super shortness but I did miss my long hair so now I'm in this like weird growing it out phase and I feel like I just look awful I hate it so much so I was like I, I think
0: like your hair. I hate my
1: hair Fine. dude it's so ugly it's so bad but so I was I like very very hair
0: more, so yeah. That's
1: me. I felt like I could pull off short hair, but like now once I cut it off and it was so much easier to manage, I was like, oh, I love this. But after like probably about six <laughs> months, I was like, oh, I I miss I miss my longer hair. And I might like, as well cut all short...
0: my hair off. I hate washing it. Just go bald.
1: So yeah, I've like I was that. I was really really looking forward to seeing the presentation from Team Wig because I felt like of everybody drag queens seemed to just have this whole wig thing down and i was like please teach me how to do this and all i got out of it was there's something to do with duct tape but i'm not even sure which side the sticky side is supposed to be on and um that's about all I got.
0: <laughs> and it's not it's not flush either. She just sort of put it around. I was yeah. Like, okay, cool.
1: And so I was like, OK, I don't really there's duct tape involved somehow. Um, then they said help? something about a square hairline and I'm like, well, I have a feminine hairline anyways, so that's kind of I guess I don't have to worry about that. And then it's like, mm. then you just put a stocking on your head, put the wing on top, and ta-da, you're done. And I'm like, I feel like they just missed a lot of steps there. <laughs> so I was yeah. so disappointed because I'm like, finally, I'm gonna learn how to do a wig properly. Because I feel like there's like a lot of the YouTube videos I've watched, there's a big disconnect between like they they all seem to skip a bunch of steps in the middle where they're just like, here's all the things I use, and then ta-da! And I'm like, what but Where's all the in-between stuff? And I thought that maybe yeah, Blair, Cracker, work? and Vixen were going to tell me all the in-between stuff, and they definitely didn't. All I know is that learned. there's something about duct tape.
0: <laughs> we learned nothing. We learned <laughs> yeah. nothing. And that's that was the whole point of the challenge, was to host a panel about a certain item uh, to do An with. element of
1: drag, yeah. And they drag. failed so hard.
0: <laughs> and I learned nothing about it. All I learned is that the Vixen and the Cracker's humor to watch each other is calling each other cunts. Yeah. That's all I learned. And, um, yeah, it was really disappointing to see Cracker sort of, I don't want to say stoop to Vixen's comedy level, but it was, it, it just felt like she I was watching...
1: didn't
0: like it, it felt like I was just watching the Vixen write the script. Mm. Because to me, it sounded very much like the Vixen's style of comedy. Maybe when she's fighting at people, she's just trying to be funny, but doesn't come across. Who knows?
1: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's Who what really we've missed knows? through all of the vixen drama is she's just trying to be funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, she's not calling you a cunt. She's calling you a cunt. Hey. <laughs> eh? eh? <laughs> but yeah, it's such a like, 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 um, like our descriptions of this wig thing. It's all over the place and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> that's about the, the 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 sum of it it was it was I, I i really struggled to watch stuff that makes me feel cringy so doing this i was playing the half zone adventure
1: <laughs> that's,
0: that's, you needed I a distraction to,
1: like, away from the cringe i understand yeah
0: that. i need i needed to i needed to beat the face collector in Hearthstone Especially what I had to do. when
1: the cringe happens with a character that you really love, because I know I mean too, both
0: of us two for me.
1: Yeah, both of that us really hard. like Cracker. And I know I for sure I really like Blair. She's she is one of my favorites. Um, so watching them put forward such a poor performance, it's it's just hard to watch. So they
0: could have made the jokes work, but there was no structure whatsoever. No, no structure at all. Like no practice has happened, and you're right about the vixen just winging it because she's done that in previous stuff. If she had an influence over the structure of this, this, uh, this challenge, which I imagine she's the type of person who would like to have a lot of power over what goes into it, I think perhaps Cracker and Vixen were so confident in themselves they just thought they could get on there and woo. With the audience just with pure charisma.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if that is a result of the uh, critique that Cracker got last week because I know, like, she last week, basically, they said to her, like, you did such a great job. You were so funny. You came prepared. You had all of these pickle puns. Like, she got really positive feedback. bring back
0: my pickles yeah bring
1: back what? my dills yeah <laughs> it just you can't
0: it was... make a you can't make a queen specific pun and not and then not choose the them winner. As a winner what yeah. the fuck are you doing so honestly
1: I, <laughs> I feel like cracker probably uh took that critique and thought like i i was super prepared maybe over prepared or like i'm just naturally funny like I, i'm doing a great job they love me like maybe she got a little bit complacent and wasn't then didn't feel like she needed to prepare as much this week because which i did think was funny because she talked about literally at the beginning of the episode how she needed a win and she's been so close for so long but just hasn't been the top and doesn't really mm. understand that i know what so i'll I do i'll find team it up with vixen
0: that, for my win that'll yeah. help me
1: But I did. I did find it funny that then in the same week that she said that she also seemed to just kind of sit back and rely on her just natural talent as opposed to all of her preparation that I feel like she's done in previous weeks. So I'm not really sure what happened to her this week, but I do think she got a bit of a wake up call and I I don't think that we're going to see her in the bottom again.
0: I hope so. I was I was kind of disappointed at the comedy i didn't really feel it was her type of comedy it's not why i like her that entire thing
1: well because most Um, of what her comedy is is making fun of herself she's very very rarely making fun of others or being cruel to others and i felt like that's that's what this panel felt like is there was a lot of just like straight up cruelty and Mm. that doesn't look good on anyone let alone someone who normally isn't like that like i it I feel has like that to be vixen she's a bitch and she always has been but you know for someone yeah. like cracker or blair it just it was, yeah. it
0: was
1: jarring and not funny
0: yeah i mean i'm not a real big fan of american style comedy which i consider to be we laugh at something else my type of comedy is a very like sort of, they call it British comedy because it's either USA or Britain, right? Yeah, Nothing else in the British world British comedy. <laughs> but it's very much like Mr. Bean, oh, I'm a fucking idiot.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: when I reverse my car, I smash the other car. Yeah, self-deprecation. And that's why I love Cracker is she's, to me, she's always been very humble and very self-critical and very self-aware. And honestly, I just really was really disappointed in her trying to win a competition through putting down others and it didn't come across as as a joke like I don't think any of those jokes landed to me at all mm-hmm. I, I I just I I it was really hard to watch and that's a shame it's a shame when two of my favorites like my my, my favorites are Cracker Blair Rip uh and Asia so I was reading for Asia, though. I was happy with her. <laughs> like, it was an all right performance and a really good runway, in my opinion. But...
1: Which we should talk about now. We should talk about the runway. The theme was yes. hats. <laughs> or I can't remember exactly what they said, but basically wear a <laughs>
0: gone or some shit. Something yeah. like that,
1: yeah. But wear a hat. So at this point, I feel like, why do they even bother doing a runway? Because I'm getting so frustrated with the people who have poor runways, but somehow get carried through the main challenge then not being punished in any way, shape or form, which I guess that's a little bit more like I just hate when they do group judging. Like, cause mm. to me there were, there were a couple of people who were not that strong in the main challenge and who also had terrible runways and yet they were safe. And I was like, what?
2: <laughs> this yeah. doesn't
1: make any sense to me, why do we even do a runway if it's not going to like, Play into anything.
0: Monique, Monique came out looking like uh, uh, an IKEA shower rack and the bag it came in, and she was yeah. safe. I was like,
1: "That was huh. that was like the epitome of why I was so disappointed with just the way all the judging in this episode was done. Like it was a super bullshit elimination, and I can't believe that Monique is like with her presentation wasn't all that great. In I thought makeup. that was
0: funny." i'm giving you other flag no you're not you're giving us garbage
1: but uh, we'll get to her in a minute but first we should start where the runway started with cameron
0: i i totally agree with you though about the runway that's how i'm feeling it's another criticism the production value i feel is a bit too ham-fisted to the point where it takes away and also i feel there's too much emphasis on the main challenge yeah um if the runway was about five minutes That'd be fine, but it's literally half the episodes usually, including the part where they get judged in the outfits on the runway. And that's the visual stimuli I'm having when they're getting judged. So to me, it seems like a bit of a disconnection when I'd say like pretty much all the winners, apart from episode one, have won this week's have won this week's challenge, but I felt they've not had the strongest runway look.
1: Yeah. Well, and the thing with week one was that was drag on a dime, so the main challenge actually culminated in the runway. so mm. there was no main challenge winner without the runway. So I think that, yeah, I just I don't know why, but for some reason it, in this season, and maybe it's because there's so many people who are weak on the runway in this season, which I don't necessarily feel like has been a problem in the past, but I really feel like there's a lot of people who are being carried by team members through main challenges who don't deserve to be safe like they have been. And I think we've had uh, this week for sure. And I feel like there was one other elimination previously in this season specifically where had the main challenge not been judged as a group, they wouldn't even have been in the bottom. And it just seems absolutely ridiculous to me that they're being judged like this and that you have two amazing runway looks in Cracker and Blair and somehow they're in the bottom. It just blows my mind because both of their drags this week were amazing and beautiful and I love them.
0: <laughs> they were so like whispers in the wind, the willows sort mm-hmm. of American country uh, eleganza, extravaganza. That's what it was. But yeah, it's it, 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 it to me, it feels that the entire competition is based on who does the best in the main challenge and your looks really don't matter that much
1: i feel especially when it comes
0: to a group like this right yeah
1: i feel like the runway looks are becoming almost like a tiebreaker when you're in the either top two or bottom two it's just like okay well if they're in the top then it's who's gonna win is based on the runway if they're in the bottom it's who's gonna lose is based on the runway and i think that the runway should play it shouldn't be a tiebreaker it should be more of a decision maker as to who's going to be in the top and the bottom like, I, I want think they should take everything from the week and say okay these are our top overall contestants as opposed to these are our challenge winners and then tie break with their runway look like i don't know it just, yeah it's starting no, to feel I, really I, bad
0: I, it sucks when the when like you have an amazing runway and it's like wow that was amazing i can't be i've never seen anything done like that before fantastic that's gonna be remembered for decades darling <laughs> you're safe and it's like why? 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 Yeah. Why? Why? Honestly, it's 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 something that I become more and more disappointed by in the show's direction, I must say. And again, I'm really enjoying this season. I've got to say, the only reason I'm being overly critical of it is because I'm very impassionate about it. Exactly. And I don't like this. <laughs> I'm doing it out of love. I, if if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be doing a podcast about it. Exactly. Um, but. Yeah, it's just, it feels to me like there's so much effort put into these runway looks, and they don't... It's it's not like a half-and-half half thing. I think it should be in half-and-half. Half. You have the main challenge, where they're doing something new, it's about a specific thing, and then you have the runway where it's all about that person's character, but they have to do it to a motif or an idea. Theme, in theme, yeah. Hats. Right, yeah. But, and this week I was like, well, it it, it, it was sort of like a quarter of it was impacted by the runway and it was literally like you said just for tiebreakers like cracker was safe because of her runway look yes she wasn't winning because of runway look she wasn't safe to begin with with her runway they look she avoided she avoided being the bottom two because her runway look was fantastic whereas some of the like 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 what was said on untouched by asia Mm-hmm. You came out there wearing something you made in 30 minutes, and there are girls out there wearing $10,000 dresses who are on the bottom. Yeah. And that is fucked.
1: Yeah. And we I need mean, a
0: revolution. Like, it,
1: shouldn't, it shouldn't necessarily be who spends the most money and, you know, ends up being the winner. You know, that I don't think that it should be that way. And I think if you've got crafty queens,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I think if you've got people who are skilled with making their own drag, then that should also be honored but i think the key word there is skilled and i have yet to outside of monique's very first drag on a dime look with all the cards which i thought was brilliant and should have won that week um outside of that i haven't seen her do anything extraordinarily impressive on her no, runway She looks. just gets grumpy. and she's getting she's worse like, and i worse should work. have won
0: i should have won yeah. i came out in this polka dot rubbish bag and i should have won no No, if it was up to me, you would be down the bottom based on your trash look.
1: Yeah, and so like I said, I don't think that you should be punished based on whether you, you know, or I don't think that you should be praised or punished based on how much money you spent or didn't spend or how much of your gown you made yourself. I totally
0: agree. But if
1: it looks like you threw it together in 10 minutes and you're basically just like sewed fabric into a circle, that doesn't count as a dress so no. i like i feel like the drag didn't look good and we're kind yeah. of jumping. we are run- yeah. we're jumping all over the place in terms of the runway but well,
0: we're we're fucking terrible right we just ramble yeah if, if, if you're six episodes into this podcast you know that by now and you love it so
1: <laughs> but we haven't talked about cameron yet so we should talk about cameron because i loved her hat i think it was the coolest same like Sad. probably one of the most original, although I will say we also had Asia's and Miss Cracker had very cool original hat ideas, but mm. Cameron's moved. I don't even know. It would like did circles it around her physics. head. It's so cool. <laughs> and like she knew just how to tilt her head to make all the rings go around and stuff. I was like, man, this is, this is really, really cool. And I'm not just saying that because I like Cameron. I thought this was a really cool hat concept.
0: Yeah, over here at Gagcast, we try to be objective even when we have our favorites. You know? Exactly. It's part of our. It's part of our policy. Like we said, we kind of shit on Cracker this week because she did bad in the mm-hmm. challenge. You know, even though she's one. Even though she's me. Me and Jocelyn's one of our favorites. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I totally agree. I wish this is what she did for Martian Eleganza Extravaganza uh, two episodes ago, where we talked for two hours and a bit,
1: because mm-hmm. that this was. Did- this did look Such very a good
0: martian look yeah Such this was very space. spacey
1: i think it was because it was so shiny and like not glittery just just shiny which kind of evoked a, a silvery martian kind of uh a theme. sharp edges
0: as well yeah on the yep, dress
1: yep and and the headpiece as well i feel like was you're right very kind of futuristic looking um i love the hat but i i've got to say like speaking of being objective I don't feel like Cameron necessarily did a great job this week. I mean, I know she was going for her like kind of superhero look, which I think is a great physique for her. I think she has a really good point about how like female superheroes are very muscular and she can therefore kind of like emulate that aesthetic. But I don't think you need to take it all that literally. And considering the other things we've seen from Cameron, which again, is kind of like the curse of being the top when you give really great runways and then you come out in something looking like this, like if Monique had come out wearing this, I would have been like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, where did Monique come from? She's a contender, exactly. but because yeah. it came out of Cameron, I'm like, Oh, I've seen you do better. Like you're lucky that, I, you're, that your panel, your main challenge was so strong because your runway this week was not.
0: <laughs> I do. I do. I do agree. There was a criticism from one of the guest judges. I can't remember her name because I don't know anything about television or media. So whenever they have a cast judge on, I'm like, I don't know you. I know you, Shania Twain. I've heard one of your songs. That's about it. Um, I do agree. And I think it was the woman on there who said, you know, the rest of it just didn't. It was meh. It was very, like, quite basic, apart from the shape was kind of cool. Um, I do agree. But well, I really it also, enjoyed it. it was a
1: really good thing to point out, I think, that she had a very similar look with the bodysuit and the heels in the shape panel, although... I will say, in terms of that critique, they were doing a panel about how to create a body. So, that is the one time that I feel like bodysuits are allowed because <laughs> you're trying to show as much of the shape as possible and how you achieve that illusion. So, mm. I think that that's a fine time to wear a bodysuit. And I think that because you were doing a specific panel about something, the look at the panel shouldn't necessarily be combined or you know the look on the runway shouldn't be criticized based on the fact that she wore the same thing earlier in the day I think she made a good choice for the panel I think she made a fine choice for the runway it's just not up to the level that I'm used to seeing out of Cameron it felt a little lazy this week but again the runways doesn't seem to matter so
0: it was fine it, <laughs> it was, was fine exactly yeah. it, was,
1: it was fine it was very it safe. was <laughs>
0: There was, it was, it was some originality, which is what I love about Cameron, Cameron Michaels, because he is a gamer with a Y. (laughs) Um, But like looking for his Instagram stuff, that magnificent Maleficent thing he did ages ago that blew me away again on the bottom, even though he had the best fucking runway. Yeah. um, Was inspired by like a Final Fantasy villain and it looked very Final Fantasy. And Mm -hmm. that's what I love about Cameron is each of the looks take something that's based on a creative medium which is video gaming Mm -hmm. you know a lot of the a lot of the villains and the heroes in those games are always unique and have well all the good ones anyway are always unique and have some sort of originality (laughs) with them because that's what sells the game um but again like yeah I, i enjoyed it but it wasn't like it wasn't maleficent (laughs) <laughs> i think it's which fair to feeling, say again,
1: this is something that cameron is going to be judged really harshly on for the remainder of the season when you come out in a drag that looks like that one did like well we've seen that where do she you go from like here Overton's
0: like wife in hell you know commanding the dead and then she comes out and goes my hat spins yeah <laughs> <laughs> which
1: yeah on other queens would have been a step up but for her it felt like yeah down
0: Totally agree. If Monet came out there, the light, it would have been, yes, finally. Yeah. Finally, you've risen. The cream has risen to the top, finally. Um, but I mean, just going back, like the runway stuff and why I think me and Jocelyn are so sort of miffed about it not really having an impact on the show for this season is it's, for me, speaking personally, it's like my favorite part of the show. I always love watching the, watching the runways and it sucks that they don't really matter.
1: Yep, agreed. Uh, so next, you mentioned Monet. We had Monet come out in.
0: I the... meant Monique for rising to the top. I got oh, my head okay. mixed up. <laughs> Monet I like. i like: uh, Monet.
1: I can take her or leave her. She's been in the bottom. Two. She wasn't in the bottom two this week, but that's just because the panel was so strong. Um, I didn't feel like she was very strong on the runway this week. She definitely had the brightest, loudest outfit. And I didn't even mm. catch on to the whole tiled window look that you've, that you've got written down here. But you're right. She did kind of look like a stained glass window.
0: That's what I meant by tired. I was like, what is that word they use for those nice, nice pretty windows in the, <laughs> the church? The
1: pretty church windows, yeah. <laughs> what
0: are they called? But Tiled. I,
1: I felt like she still was a little bit unfinished. Like she had some not very polished edges like, oh, on her I, hat. I agree. And, and like the, the sparkle things that she had on the front of her hat that I think were supposed to kind of look like feathers maybe looked very much like just tacked on at the last minute. And like she just still she's she looks very unfinished and i want to see her look more polished and and this seemed uh, to be like her stepping it up moment and like i said
2: mm -hmm. the
1: judges seemed to praise her for this week and she wasn't she didn't stand out on the panel for me she kind of got lost between cameron and eureka and then she comes out in a look that had aquaria or cracker or asia or cameron worn oh, my God, they would have been torn apart. But because it's Monet, they're like, oh, it's not as terrible as last week. Okay. It's not sponges. Yeah, you're turning it out. Go, girl, work it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's still not as good as it could be. And that's how I feel about Monet is she's just not as good as she could be.
0: There's a lot of room to improve the character, I agree. And I really enjoyed this. I enjoy, I'm a big stickler for like, any sort of art or music or any sort of media that has some sort of like religious sentiment because it's fascinating um so i enjoyed it on that level not religious by the way i just enjoy like the stories and the lore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the is that lore. bad is
0: that bad i like the lore of jesus <laughs> 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 um oh, but that's yeah like funny. I thought it suited her very well, and for the first time I actually noticed her being very, very confident on her runway, which was nice. I think Manet could be the Chi-Chi Devane of the, the remaining queens in that she has the potential to become one of the tops. If she just knuckles down and keeps on taking each week to the next level, because this was a decent jump from her previous performances but it wasn't anywhere near what some of these other queens are doing on the runway.
1: Yeah, I agree. Then we had Eureka, and uh, Eureka...
0: I didn't like it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Eureka for me, I feel like we've seen the same thing out of her every week. It's like the top-to-bottom pattern bodysuit. Pattern or same color, either way, but, you know, top-to-bottom bodysuit, with a cape. A cape is also a thing she does a lot. And with a cool headpiece, which we've also seen Eureka do really cool things with either a headpiece or with her hair. I just I'm I'm bored. Like I I remember there was one week I feel like it was either week two or week three where she did something with an actual skirt. And I know I harp on this a lot, but I just feel like I've seen the same thing out of her over and over and over again, and I'm ready to see something different. And the only week I can remember that was different for Eureka was the week that she actually wore the skirt, and I think she looked great. Mm. And I just want to see something different out of her. She she got
0: positive feedback as well on it. She was one of the tops for that week. It was like a Halloween sort of crow thing, and she had a she had a great. Oh, it was the bird week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the um, Yuha Hamasaki week.
1: Right, right. My strong and
0: flexible body allows me to reach all different types (laughs) of positions.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so I feel like other than that week, Eureka has very much come out in the same sort of an outfit. And I get that you are a big girl and you're proud of your body and you're proud of your ability to shape your body. And I think she does a fantastic job of turning her body into a very feminine body. I mean... I was going to say something really mean, but then I, I stopped myself. <laughs> but
0: you have a skill I have yet to master. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I feel like. She is coasting and because she's now one, two challenges in a row, she's not being given the feedback that she needs to change. So I feel like next week we're going to see the same thing from her again.
0: I totally agree. She's in her comfort zone. This is what the judges like. So because I haven't had bad or good feedback on it or when I've been in the top, they're like, I like your outfit, but your performance and the challenge is what really made me like you. And that's why she's been winning. So Mm. I think that's why she's been coasting. Because again, the emphasis is on the main challenges. It seems to be. I hope that changes as the queens go down and down. and We just have individual performances and then individual, you know, critiques of their outfits. I, I hope I hope it goes to that sooner rather than later. I I, I think maybe that's why the main challenge and the group stuff is frustrating, but makes sense for them because it's easier because they had so many queens this season.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, but I don't know. I just, I hate when people aren't judged individually because, I mean, like,
2: Same.
1: like, well, this week we ended up with an elimination that I felt was not deserved at all. And it's just because that group was in the bottom two out of the three didn't deserve to be in the bottom in the first place. So I mean, and then the fact, well, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting way ahead because I'm getting into judging stuff and we still have passionate.
0: Talk- I know. We're
2: passionate, okay? <laughs> we still haven't
1: talked about, you know, like six of the nine Queens for the runway. So Aquarius. Oh, is fuck him.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Aquarius next. Um, I, thought this look was okay i i liked the concept i liked the cane i liked the hat i liked the ears but i have the same problem with aquaria that i do every week which feels like she's really phoning it in when it comes to just her top like i remember like at this
0: look at my twink body well Look yeah and,
1: but she doesn't even and she talked about how Aquaria is a very gender fluid queen and I understand that. I mean she even came out on pants which used to be a big taboo on RuPaul's Drag Race is wearing pants on the runway. It was risqué but we had like what three queens in pants this week. It's not the cutting edge thing it used to be. Yeah. Um, and so I think that um Her outfit reminded me of her drag on a dime look because it's like she had this like really awesome, cool headpiece. And then this really cool, like bottom with the cane and the the, just the theme was awesome. And then she was wearing a bib like she had it left over from last week when she played a baby. Like it was
0: it was it was was bad disconnect
1: in the middle. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, it seems like you're not putting in any effort. If it's not just a bra, then it's a bra with something stuck on it. Or it's a necklace that just happens to hang down and cover her nipples. Like it just it feels like there's no effort. And I think think she's very
0: proud and sexy of like her body and her figure. And I don't think she likes covering it up. That's the impression I've got.
1: Well, but that you can do things like you can wear gowns that leave little to the imagination, but they're still gowns like she just seems like she doesn't want to wear anything between her neck and her navel. And the fact that she has to is always an afterthought to her. And Yeah, I agree. So her her tops, whatever that happens to be, is always just an afterthought. And I, I think she's she's gonna get in trouble real quick if she keeps this up.
0: This was very Nina Babina boots the house down Brown, <laughs> uh, uh, whatever her last name is Brown.
2: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> um, it was very like papery. I really enjoyed the idea of the hat being on the ear. I was like, good on you. I enjoy seeing original ideas and creativity and sticking yourself out from the runway. But the rest of the outfit, I was like, well, okay." Yeah, doesn't really do it for me. It's not the worst thing I've seen on the runway, but it's certainly meh for me. I really enjoyed the idea, though.
1: Yeah, me too. And the worst thing I've seen on the runway, speaking of worst things on the runway, is Monique, Ah. who was next. And her outfit was Ah. just straight up awful. It was terrible. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) It was flashy garbage. It was flashy garbage. Like she took, like I said before, she took a shower rack from Ikea and then she put that on as a costume and went, Oh, no, I can can use the bag for a headpiece as well. Like she is lucky the main challenge is weighted so heavily.
1: Yeah, she really She's was because, goddamn
0: lucky because that was the worst runway look for me.
1: Yeah, the hat was was okay. I did like the idea that like I feel like uh, if you if you contrast Monique and Vixen, Monique had a big floppy hat in her face, but because the material was see through, it didn't have the negative effect that Vixen's did, which was Vixen's hat totally blocked her face. So I felt like at least Monique had that going for her. But you're right, like the headpiece and the gown were totally disconnected they look totally different and we know that from all of the conversations ahead of the runway it's because she's everything together like she brought fabric she didn't bring actual looks so she is just she is going to fall behind very quickly because the other people who are not doing as well are going to be culled from the competition which is going to make her stand out because she's not very well put together because she didn't stand out so hard
0: she's got such a big attitude problem I think I think she's got a bit of an attitude problem and is like are you happy being safe no I thought this is my time to shine it's like well why did you wear a two piece combo the dress is one piece of fabric the hair is another piece of fabric there was no idea behind it unless you were giving me after shower thought realness or some (laughs) shit i don't know but i really hated the dress the dress was simple i really hate the fabric and the hair looked like plastic mixed with vomit
1: oh burn
0: (laughs) i'm not happy
1: yeah i'm not happy
0: about this runway look i'm not yeah and i'm sick of her i'm really sick of her just going in and going well why didn't i win yeah and just doing that just snapping and going i was perfect i was glamorous i'm so sick of being mediocre it's like well i think you should have gone before fucking mayhem for a start yeah oh oh, (laughs) let me be a judge let me be a judge
1: (laughs) i want to be a judge on this show please uh next up we had asia who i mean even rupaul at the end of the judging because again Stupid group judging meant that Asia couldn't win, but she definitely should have based on a fairly strong performance in the main challenge if judged individually. And then one of the best runways I have ever seen. When she came out, her headpiece, I mean, I didn't get it right away. I was kind of like, what is going on there? I thought it
0: was toilet scrubbers. (laughs) but watch out for the competition (laughs) she
1: totally sold it she had a matching dandelion like wand thing and then when Mm. she blew the little like fluff out of her hands i was like oh my god like i wasn't looking at the big picture i didn't understand but as soon as you did that it brought it all together and then it was just like absolutely mesmerizing watching those little like bits on her head like bounce around and stuff and i was just like oh my god like I didn't necessarily love the gown, but I thought that the gown was actually a good choice because it It was a little bit more. Yeah, it was a little bit more minimalistic, so it didn't take anything away. Like if you're going to wear a headpiece that extends for like literally two feet away from your head in a circle, you need (laughs) to have a a gown that's a little bit more downplayed. And I think that she had a really amazing kind of concept all together. To the point that RuPaul even called her out, which I haven't seen happen very many times in Dragon. Ever?
0: Game. I've never seen it happen in like yeah. the two and a half seasons I've watched. She's ever gone, nice work this week. Well, Wait. yeah,
1: when, when someone yeah. has been safe. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I think it was very obvious that Asia would have been in the top had they not had this stupid group judging. So, all I wrote in the notes was OMG, hard eyes, because I friggin loved this headpiece. And I thought Asia really outdid herself this week. And she deserved to have some recognition because she blew everybody else away. She was amazing. So again, Asia,
0: Asia is is one of my favorites. And she's still one of my favorites. I mean, the down the, the part where she was the weakest in the show was her being too nice, too nice. to other
1: people. Yeah. Helping each other, helping
0: That's a trait I'm okay with. <laughs> I'd like more of that. And the thing about this runway look was you didn't even have to get it to appreciate and be amazed by the feat that was that headpiece. Yeah. I think she was the one that had the strongest look to do with the challenge because she was like, a hat. Well, I'll make the entire outfit to shape and highlight this crazy hat i'm doing that looks glamorous Mm -hmm. and then i can tell a story with the scepter that's like a little mini dandelion and i was i was blown away and it's i I love these runway things but i'm always like oh that's cool that's nice i liked that and very rarely am i like wow and this was a wow moment was
1: a total wow moment for sure
0: this is uh wow wow
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, miss cracker came out next and i liked her look i loved her dress but i mean i'm wedding gown shopping right now so this is literally like her gown silhouette is exactly what i'm looking for in my wedding dress so like anytime (laughs) i see her come out in a mermaid i'm just like oh amazing but um i also loved how she had a really interesting take on the whole hat concept and i feel like between like her and Cameron with the spinning and Asia with the gigantic dandelion. Like they're really stepping it up and thinking outside the box because I love that Ms. Cracker was like, Ms. Cracker doesn't wear hats. I have hair. And so I made a hat out of hair. I was like, Holy (laughs) crap. Like she's just so creative. And regardless of how long it takes her to do things, she always finds a way to be super creative. Like she said, it took me 12 hours to build this headpiece. And then you've got, friggin Monique who's like I sewed this fabric in half an hour and I'm like well you and can- I'm
0: not top why am I not top yeah uh- <laughs> you
1: can definitely see the difference in effort and talent I think between these two and I'm gonna say it again crafty queens come at me mm. <laughs> but yeah like I'll I, I, I thought her DM. her whole look was just beautiful
0: it was it was super solid and I expect nothing less from cracker and unfortunately, I think that's why she fell so flat for I me in the main challenge, is that was not the cracker I expected.
1: Very, very much. But so. this
0: look look was really good. It had that cracker twist with I have a hat out of hair. Mm-hmm. Look at me, I'm very unique. It was a great shape. The fabric was lovely. It was very America, American young country uh romance novel
1: mm. look. Yep.
0: And so so is the next queen as well. And um,
1: I will yeah, say it's... my one thing about Cracker is that this is now the third thing we've seen from her that has been made out of hair. So we saw her. She did that bikini look and the bikini was all made out of hair. She had another headpiece that was like that big square. I know she used it on the runway one week and then the next week she used it in the photo bomb challenge. And then now we saw her build the hat out of hair. I think maybe she should stop building things out of hair. As creative as it is, it's starting to feel a little bit repetitive. So, yeah, that we don't might want the be judges going, to There might be something to watch there.
0: Don't want the just going. I'm really just getting a big hair vibe from you. <laughs> oh, I won't do that next week and she'll bring out like a fucking uh, just like a mining helmet and they'll go, "You're safe."
1: <laughs> i do want cracker to win though i think she deserves it she's deserved it a couple of different times in this season so far i think and she's come second for stupid reasons so i, w- I would like to see her get a win sooner she rather was
0: than later. stolen as pickle doctor
2: Completely. i must say
0: <laughs> Completely. Stolen. robbed i'd go so far to say there was a c- there was a crime involved in that decision oh my <laughs> god
1: Next up, we had Blair. Uh, We had basically our next two queens were the two bottom queens, Blair and Vixen. And uh, Blair, I thought runway, runway wise was beautiful. Like, I literally I want to be her. She's so beautiful and so feminine. She was. just. I feel like she was the winner for me this week, as much as I talked about how amazing Asia was. I love Blair's like Southern Belle pearls but still a little naughty with her little sco- short little skirt like I just I love her look so much I want her to dress me like just forever. I
0: loved the hat. <laughs> the hat was the hat was really impressive. It worked really well with the outfit cuz it had like that scarf thing holding it down. It was yeah. tucked to the torso and stuff. To me the strongest thing about this was if I think of Blair that is the image I will, I will have pop into my mind. That is the most Blair look I've ever seen, and I yeah. enjoyed it. To me, that sort of culminates her entire, entire character, really, mm-hmm. I'd say.
1: Oh, completely. It, it felt so Blair, and it was so beautiful. I just, again, uh, if the runway counted for anything, Blair would not have been in the bottom, um, because especially when you compare her to Vixen's runway look, Vixen was so unpolished. I liked the idea of it. I thought that the silhouette looked... Same. It looked really cool, but then the closer you looked at it, the more you were just like, oh my God, like...
0: Just cut it in half and glued it on.
1: Yeah, and there were so many. Like, once you really looked at it, you could see the pieces of the hats and stuff. And again, it it comes down to, like, we've got now um, Monet, Monique, and Vixen all feel very unpolished to me compared to some of these more finished looks and i mean you could almost see like the hot glue guns and the staples and again i liked the concept but her execution of it just wasn't there for me
0: reminds me of monique harts um the red velvet thing with like black marker marks on it and the gas mask
1: oh yeah the the martian eleganza
0: the 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 war crime look
1: that's what i call
0: it (laughs) holy shit
1: rip that That fabric.
0: (laughs) that was that fabric has has will never be the same yep it will never recover no one will ever wear that again for fear of being simileed to monique's heart martian look i will say (laughs) that now but yeah the dress just looks stapled together um the vixen like i said before she has a very strong personality. It's hit or miss with people. It's a miss for me. Um, I really enjoy a lot of her concepts, though. I think she has some of the cooler ideas that we've seen consistently throughout the show, but every single one of them is just not polished. Like the one she won, she came out in this fire dress, but you inspect it and it looks like paper. It's like Nina Bobina Brown paper-looking maché fire ship and, and again, it's like this, it's a it really cool to, idea
1: she won because her team won not because she did anything special and again this is yeah. my problem with the way that the judging is done speaking of judging
0: unpolished vixen you unpolished <laughs> get off my polished show <laughs> yeah the judging hmm.
1: yeah so again it would like we mentioned a billion times our winner was team body Uh, which basically meant team body was in the top, uh, team wig was in the bottom, team makeup was safe, so we saw them go back for untucked.
0: Um, Saw a literal dandelion walk away. Yeah. And I'm not okay with that.
1: Yeah. I'm not fucking okay with it. (laughs) I wasn't okay with it either. Uh, But the critiques that they got, um, overall, Michelle did make the point to Cameron that Cameron needs to show her personality a little bit more, and I think that that was probably warranted just because cameron does seem to be quite quiet and especially when you're on a show with so many big personalities you're gonna get lost in the background and we've seen a lot of very strong queens get eliminated for that same problem in previous seasons usually it comes down to there's um some sort of group challenge where they all have to work together and they have to do things like um make the most money or you know sell the most tickets to things or you know get the most tip. there was one that was get the most tips while doing a strip tease on a stage and you know there's there's all kinds of challenges that usually pit the queens against each other I think she other. could
0: do that. I think she could do the strip tease.
1: Well, uh, specifically you... the strip tease. I want tees. her yeah, to you're do You're right. The strip. <laughs> uh,
0: you
1: but know, my, like my point is there's usually something where to be
0: in drag. <laughs> there's a
1: whole b- <laughs> There's a whole bunch of queens going up against each other for something measured and if you don't have a if you can't stand out, it's going to really hurt you. And I think that once we get to a challenge where all the queens are doing the same thing and you have to stand out, Cameron's going to have to step it up. And I think that that yes. was what Michelle was trying to get across with the critique of Cameron this week. Um, and I think that I'm hoping Cameron takes that to heart because she's got to she's mm. got to start speaking up as much as we praised her for her looks and stuff like that at the beginning. Not her, just, glares. Her, her glares. Yeah. yeah, that's a better a better way to put it um just because like we did praise her for that at the beginning of the episode you got to do more than look when you're uh, competing against some of these big personalities like eureka so i think this week yeah was a stepping stone she did well at the panel she got a lot of information across but yeah Overall, I, I feel this is
0: michelle's michelle's way of saying i see the potential in you i want it to
1: yeah, come just, alive just come on and open your mouth already yeah
0: yeah <laughs> really really good critiques this week honestly I yeah felt. i
1: thought they were pretty spot they were pretty on, on
0: point mm-hmm. for how fucking skewed the production value is the judging is is always good like yeah, most of the time were, it's pretty good
1: i felt they were pretty consistent this week um i think had there not been group judging vixen and monique would have been in the bottom for me and oh, asia would have been in the top so
0: a hundred percent
1: yeah so i mean i think vixen deserved to be in the bottom i do not think that blair deserved to be in the bottom at all uh eureka she got I thought-
0: bullied on live television
1: she did we and don't
0: that. <laughs> <You know?
2: laughs>
1: yeah she did and i mean eureka ended up being our winner this week right and again this came down to she was the she did do a very good job as a moderator and she did she was quite funny i thought that she brought out a lot of the funny in her group and her team had it not been group judging she wouldn't have been the top but she definitely was the best of team body so totally
0: agree she then... she won the public vote i believe
1: she did the yeah, part did. that annoys
0: yeah. me is her outfit to me wasn't doing it so yeah. But then again, runways don't matter. Yes, it's not runway race. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: So then we get our bottom two who, because of the team selection, uh, ended up being between Cracker, Blair and Vixen. So Cracker was given the safe and Vixen and Blair were made to lip sync. And I understand that this is the way that the competition works. In that there always must be two in the bottom and they always must lip sync. But I've got to say, Blair sharing her story and then being expected to perform when she's never talked about what happened to her before, that's not something that you should ever have to do. Like, Blair going home this week is the biggest injustice. I'm not saying that because something bad happened to her, she should be given a pass in the competition. But, oh my God why was she even in the bottom to start with? And like the fact that she felt that she had to explain herself with the critiques that she was given. I like, I mean, obviously it's the kind of thing that she wanted to tell she was ready to open up because it's not easy to do that at all. So she was clearly ready. But then after that happens to then be expected to lip sync and be expected to perform to the level where that she would have to, to stay in the competition. This was so unfair, (laughs) unbelievably unfair and heartbreaking to me.
0: She gave it, she gave it a good go. Like she wasn't like, she wasn't Charlie hiding it.
1: Well, but there were a couple of times that the camera like cut away from her because she looked Mm. like she was about to burst into tears. And it just, It was it was just so totally heartbreaking for me, especially when she was up against like I don't think she should have been in the bottom anyways. I think her drag is absolutely beautiful, and I think she's a good, funny performer. And again, if it hadn't been for this stupid group judging, she wouldn't have been in the bottom anyways. So I think it's a whole big bunch of bullshit. And obviously, what happened to her is incredibly horrible. So Mm. like I just I feel like. The last like 10 to 20 minutes of this episode, like it made me sick. I'll be totally honest. The way this all played out, I was like, I don't even know if I want to watch Dry Grace anymore. Like this just felt bad.
0: <laughs> well, I think I, I want to try to be as objective as I can be here, but it, at the end of the day, it was her choice to come out and say that at that time, at the end of the day. Oh, like, totally. Like it wasn't. Yeah, so I think
1: that's what I mean about saying like she was obviously ready to share her story, but I feel like she also felt like she had to explain her drag at that point in time. And Mm. that is a 100 percent why she is who she is and why she does the drag that she does. And I do I feel quite bad for Ross, to be honest, because he's the one that gave the critique that led to her. Feeling like she had to explain herself, um, and the, his critique was basically like, "You're just too sugary, too sweet, too innocent, and I don't like it." And then Blair had to say why she does what she does, and Ross must just feel awful.
0: <laughs> I well, mean- I, I I don't know. I think to me, like, the, this this thing these things are very hard to come out and say. Right, I have personal experience. By the way, if you don't want to hear about like us talking about basically someone getting raped and talking about their story, probably skip forward. Like, yeah, 10 maybe it now
1: the time to turn it off for a few minutes. Yep.
0: <laughs> Trigger warning. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, I'd skip ahead. I mean, it's not nice to talk about
1: it's not but I will
0: be I, I like as as someone who has um like I've had a personal event like that happen. Um I was eight at the time, and I'm still trying to sort through my mental stuff with it. Like, that's 14 years ago, and it still affects me, and it's even worse because I was a kid at the time. And the only reason I can talk to you about it like this is because I've had so long to um, figure it out and shit. But, like, this was such an impactful episode to me because listening to Blair talk about everything she said, I resonated 100% with everything she said, especially about the dirtiness. When you're taking advantage of, of, like, you, a human being, are basically made into an object for someone else's entertainment, dirtiness is just the start of it. You feel subhuman after that. And it just made me like Blair more. If If I, if I can say that without saying like anything bad about what happened you know like i'm really really happy she took this time to talk about it because you know she may she may give off the illusion like a woman but she's also a man and there's a lot of issue with men talking about sexual abuse because it's not supposed to happen
1: well yeah that i mean as as difficult as it is because i'm also a survivor of terrible Mm. awful events and as hard as it is to be a woman and to talk about being a victim and the effects that that has on you. I can only imagine how much more terrifying and difficult it must be to come forward because I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, but it's gotta be 90 to 95% of rape victims are women. And being part of that, that minority and feeling like even among victims, you're different. Has got to be so hard to process and find support for.
0: Yeah, also, he's gay, and there's another layer. On oh, top yeah, of that, there's right? a whole other
1: layer there. Yeah.
0: Like, for me, I always knew I was gay, but one of the hardest parts for me, like, coming out was very easy. <laughs> it was, I was <laughs> turning to my mom and I was like, I'm gay. And she's like, Oh, yeah, you're going <laughs> to adopt. Um, but yeah, like, one of the hardest parts for me and coming to terms of um my my experience of being like raped at the age of 8 and when you're that young you have no idea it's wrong right any right. any idea at all you're a kid and they say this in criminology and psychology child abuse is the worst type of abuse because you grow up thinking it's the norm it's 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 not an experience you have an objective view on it's something that's happened to you and you learn from actions, right? That's why kids, you know, when it comes to, like, child custody and shit like that, it's so important that the kids are put first because anything bad happens to a kid, it'll probably stay with them for the rest of their lives, you know? But if you're gay as well, a big thing I had to ask myself was, well, am I gay because of what happened? The answer is no. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's a big, fat no. I think... I think if it had any influence on me, I'd probably be straight as a stick. Yes, yeah. And, like, it's a very serious topic, but, you know, I've dealt with it over the years by laughing and having fun. So apologies if this sort of offends you a little bit, but I'm, I'm kind of, like, making jokes about it, but... At the same time, it's 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 a good way to deal with this kind of shit. I was going to say,
1: it's all a coping mechanism, and you obviously have, a, um, or at least it feels like you have a better handle on what happened to you than I have on what happened to me, just because I don't talk about it. I don't think I've ever really told anybody about it.
0: So, Well, the biggest thing, I think, was just being quite open about it, and I'm really happy to see Blair finally, like, crack that nut, that nut of silence, because... Mm-hmm. These things eat away with you, and they are inhumane. They are crimes. They are very harsh crimes for a reason. They have incredibly long-lasting effects. And Blair saying, you know, I feel, I felt dirty, therefore I I sought things that were, like, pretty and colourful and made me feel safe and nurtured is a really, like, from what I've experienced and also knowing other people is like a, what what we survivors of sexual assault tend to do. We tend to seek things that are the complete opposite. Like
1: there's a reason I back, like rainbows and unicorns.
0: <laughs> yes. I don't I don't like war and arguments and shouting <laughs> for reasons, you know. But again, what Paul said as well in the criticism is like I in, enamored by that story, but what he said is very true you can't live in that world forever because fantasy walls aren't real walls. Right, you, you know? don't
1: actually, by, by trying to make it go away, you don't actually fix it.
0: Mm. So I'm really, I hope this is the episode that people see the most because this is an issue I'm quite uh, emotionally attached to. And, you know, obviously it's taken me a while to... Get to the point where I can talk about it without having tears in my eyes or quivering or, you know, having some sort of really negative emotional response to even mentioning it, mm-hmm. um, because it is—it's taboo. Unfortunately, sexual assault for men is taboo. Unfortunately, it's fucking almost—you know—it doesn't even people even bat an eye when they hear a woman, talking about it. But also going back to what we discussed earlier about statistics. The worst thing is, is no matter what statistics come out, it's going to be higher than what these apparent statistics are, because some, most of the cases just aren't found out about,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, people always say, you know, oh, why didn't you report that person? Why didn't you, <laughs> why didn't you do this and that and this? And it's like, well, I don't know, probably because they took away my, my feeling of being human. You and know, you they, took like all, they, they took have
1: all the power and
0: yes nice. it's a power thing yeah. honestly like especially especially with my experience of like some old fucking um uh i won't go into it i will, I will backtrack but it's a power <laughs> thing it's a power it's, thing yeah. i can't go I, I can't go into specifics which I'll is get, fine I'll and, that, and
1: you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have
0: you to. don't want to hear about it maybe <laughs> don't yeah um my, my advice is, if you have kids, make sure you really trust who your family friends are. Like, really trust. That's, that's all I'll say. Make sure, because people are cunts. Like people, <laughs> people are deceptive, and they'll be nice to you sometimes just to get what you want. And it's important for you and your family's sake and your loved ones that the people you choose to spend your valuable time with are people you can trust with your gut and your heart. Not just because they have a smiley face and will say, Yes, I'll do this for you. Or, you know, oh, we'll look after the kids or we'll stay around and babysit because don't don't trust them. Don't trust them. Trust some people, but make sure they're specific. Okay. <laughs> that's all that's 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 Richard's advice. Um, but yeah, like this was such an impactful episode for me. I'm surprised I've managed to talk about it in such a calm manner. I am honestly. Very, very proud of you. Um because it's 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 something, it's not like I go out of my way and go, you know, to a party and it's like, oh, what's your name? Oh, yeah, I'm Richard. I'm a rape survivor of 14 years. <laughs> that's not how I open up. Yeah, that's up not how you usually
1: introduce yourself, no.
0: <laughs> but I am very open to talking about it. And I think that's important because it's a taboo subject and I don't like it being taboo. I feel as well, it's it's just it's just a typical story because Blair is so effeminate and sweet and cute and because of how cruel the world is you go well of course that happened to you mm. you know and that's the sad part about it
1: yeah and i i was i was i was sad to see blair eliminated and like i said i think that you know given the emotional state that blair must have been in following that admission if i they had I a just...
0: psychologist this would have been like canned
1: yeah, <laughs> oh my god I, this would I,
0: not I... have been happening <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah i mean like i'm so sad to see her go. and they have in in past seasons they have brought back a few of the eliminated queens to have a chance to earn their way back onto the show and and i really hope that they're that they do that later on in the season because i would really like to see blair come back i think that she got eliminated in a way that she shouldn't have with the with the whole like her just her group being she in the bottom and the was nec- judged
0: necessity. in a group and the group let her down yeah i think that's so. my critique of it and a runway was great and it was everything we love about blair
1: and we talked about but how it was we also true blair- to the
0: challenge and yeah, yeah.
1: I know how we've talked about Blair in the past is how we thought she was one of the ones who could potentially win it all. And I still think that that's true. So I I do hope that they bring back like the the Queens somehow and give them a chance to come back into the competition, because I think Blair was unfairly eliminated this week. And uh, I think she did have a lot to offer. And she was strong throughout the entire competition. I think there are at least three, if not more Queens remaining who have not been nearly as strong or nearly as consistent and uh, to see that they're still in the competition and blair is gone i think is just awful and wrong and stupid so <laughs> i hope that she comes back but um if we don't see her this season maybe we'll see her in all stars four who knows but i, I think she
0: she's back. i think she's one of the eliminated queens who will have the most followings followings she'll <laughs> have the most
1: she'll have the most that'll come out of this i think
0: she has. she has. she'll have one of the strongest big pictures like sort of influence and yeah. um Words are really hard to I know, do.
1: I know. What I'm, what I'm have- saying <laughs> is
0: she'll get on the list of queens who were not winners, but also have a million followers at some point on Twitter. That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: yeah, she's going to be very popular after the show, I think. And, and I'm hoping she's getting lots and lots of words of encouragement and support now that this episode is aired.
0: I can't wait to see what she does in the future. This is probably one of the queens I'm the most invested in now, because obviously... I'm very proud of her for speaking up and, yeah. um, yeah. Cause even in, in Tuck, she goes into, oh, I used to call it, you know, taking advantage of, or, you know, oh, it was just a, it was just a little thing. He, he did something a little bit wrong, but it's fine. And then you think about it a bit more and more and, you know, eventually you get to the point where you are a human being with self-value again.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Rape is so- not
0: okay.
1: <laughs> that's, that's, that's the motto <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'm
0: sorry I'm sorry it's simple and you'll remember it <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> talking about something that'll stick in your head uh, so yeah Untucked uh, we got another drama free episode because Vixen was in the bottom so
0: lovely yeah the, the lovely. longer she
1: isn't safe the happier I am because the Untucked episodes uh, their conversations are more interesting because they're actually conversations hmm so uh, we had uh, Asia and Monique and um, Aquaria, who were back, who were safe. We saw them first. And Monique... <sighs> Asia made an excellent point, and I don't think Monique took it to heart.
0: Such a good point. <laughs> she's like she's like the mama now of like the queen composition, right? She's the one going around giving advice and talking to people when she knows they're vulnerable or they need words of encouragement. And, and also when they like need to she's... be told...
1: Yeah, I feel like everyone seems to really respect her and respect her opinions, probably because she has helped them all so much in the past that when she comes Mm. out and says something, they're like, oh, damn, if Asia is saying that to me, I should take it to heart. So I hope that Monique steps it up. But if she doesn't, I feel like she's just going to be gone. And I'm kind of okay with that either way. I
0: think she'll be going next episode.
1: Yeah, I feel like our bottom queens now are just um, Vixen, Monique and Monet none of them have done anything particularly impressive. And I think Vixen has been saved just straight up. Like all of them have just been saved straight up on their lip sync skills or, and uh, mm, I don't, I don't know mm. if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I do like the idea that if you get it's a
0: scale, I guess. Yeah.
1: If you get down into yeah. the bottom two, I like the idea that the decision isn't already made and that you can actually change Rue's mind based on your performance. I think that is important, but um, I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like, um, especially like tonight maybe the lip sync shouldn't have been given the weight that it was given i felt like it was like main challenge was this important is... and lip sync was important and the beautiful awesome amazing runway was not important and i don't this feel is like one of those ones properly
0: yeah the weightings all skewed for me but this yeah. is one of the ones where i wanted Rue to be like shantae you both stay
1: yes
0: <laughs> why because not Lixin... and then have a double elimination where you get a bit of both monique and Monet. yes <laughs> have a double elim
1: yeah I, and i i think all of that would be fine i mean um i i was vixen did have a better lip sync i will say that but she's, she's good at dancing she hasn't been I, strong I, I expected
0: at anything nothing else less. <laughs> i expected nothing less mm-hmm. from the vixen and that's what they said as well it's like oh who do you think will lip sync at the bottom three and they were kind of like oh the vixen will floor either one of them and yeah. i went yeah because it's a personality and a look at me and it's it's a it's a powerful personality display sort of thing. You know, yeah. And she fucking she was really good at lip sync. It's one of the few things I think she's good at.
1: Yeah. Uh, then we got two TV segments, one from Eureka's mom and one from Blair's mom. And I'm kind of confused unless they only showed us those two because it was the winner and the loser. But I wasn't sure why they only showed two segments from families um i at first i thought when we just got to see eureka's i thought that was really nice and sweet because eureka's mom has been so sick eureka's mom has cancer and and when eureka left her she was not in a very good state so
0: i could see them her talking again was great yeah
1: yeah and i mean like i i can see why eureka would get a video but then when they showed blair her family video i was like why are we doing this
0: her mom's just like reading a script on a park bench (laughs) It felt really weird. Yeah. Like, it was really nice for Blair, and especially after what she just said. And, and maybe I think that's why right. they did it.
1: Maybe they had videos from everyone. I don't know, but I feel like Eureka's. <sighs> they are just more.
0: waiting. Yeah. Maybe Eureka, you know, you, they've been keeping it until Eureka's in the top. Eureka's Eureka, because, you know, he's called after her grandmother. Her mum, sorry. Um, she, she might be walking again. Who fucking knows? But <laughs> <laughs> you've only got that video snippet, because... Now's the time for emotion.
1: Yeah, possibly. But I, I do feel, I, at least I want to think that they gave Eureka her video because her mom had made a recovery and that was something that they felt that she should know because they're not allowed communication, right? With the outside yeah. world, it's part of the NDA, so... I mean, I can kind of understand why they would have
0: pre-recorded videos. One. Yeah, but, uh, that was a medicinal reason.
1: Yeah, but then it was really, it was really weird to then see Blair get a uh, one, especially when Blair was then eliminated. Which I guess technically they don't know at the time that they're getting on un- or that Untucked is being filmed. They don't know who's going to be in the bottom, and maybe they have um, messages for all the queens. And it was the kind of thing maybe it's that they a big felt
2: Snapchat, Snapchat. Thing. <laughs>
0: And maybe they just... felt that
1: Blair needed it so they gave it to her this week. I don't know, but uh it was definitely yeah,
0: something different. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It seemed very like out of the blue. Almost it like did. she was
2: surprised. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just after maybe maybe Blair's mum's uh, speech was just overshadowed by how heartwarming Eureka's mum seeing her talk again after she had cancer so bad she couldn't even use her voice box. mm mm-hmm. Mhm you know there's there's a slight difference there but my conspiracy theory was <laughs> you know they knew who they're going to who they're going to vote and eliminate so they had the video they got the videos just there and then just to create production value
1: <laughs> i thought the same thing too but i'm i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt um but it definitely Coming was it was a, a very cruel,
2: am they? Well, it was can maybe. yeah
1: <laughs> it was kind of a, a low key untucked before the video thing so it might be that they needed to create content who knows uh, but then afterwards after we saw the videos we got to see cracker's reaction and she was so sure that she was going to be lip syncing and i thought that was really interesting because um her versus the vixen i i don't know unless there was a lot more critique that we weren't shown but I don't know how both of them managed to get like it seemed pretty clear that Blair was gonna be in the bottom, but I don't understand how how both Cracker and Vixen thought Cracker was gonna be the other one in the bottom. Unless there's a bunch of critique that we didn't see.
0: Well, the Vixen is somewhat delusional. We saw that for the entire end. Entire right, they Cracker were like, Oh, they isn't. loved me. <laughs> it wasn't my fault, it was the group. And I'm like, You were the group. Um But <laughs> Cracker, we learned Probably two episodes ago or maybe one episode ago in untucked where she just flat out said you know i hate myself that's true and i think she might have just she,
1: expected that if she was in the bottom that obviously we all she's have terrible. our personal flaws you yeah. know
0: and one of hers may just be a very low self-confidence
1: yeah and always thinking and she's just fine. the worst yeah
0: yeah it's it's very like it's it's very easy to think like that and going back to what we're talking about blair um announcing what had happened to her like after any sort of trauma where it affects how you feel as a human being it's very easy to just go well i'm i'm worth less than these other people i see mm-hmm. so totally understand it and that's fixing personality and Weirdly, as well, I feel like my favorite comedians and the, the people I find the funniest and the people I usually have the most respect for are always the ones who have been through some shit and, like, the way they talk... Like, Cracker's amazingly funny. And, at, and on one hand, I'm like, I'm kind of surprised you hate yourself. And then on the other hand, I'm like, I'm not surprised at all. If that makes any sense. No, like,
1: it d- I mean, we've kind of seen it time and time again. Great comedians tend to be personally troubled
2: mm. so
1: i think that you know as much as like i i don't wish this on anybody it's not as surprising i guess that one of the funniest people on the show is also one of the saddest
0: it's a human trait that's interesting mm. it's i don't know what it is um i mean part of me has always felt that when we look at robin williams he To me, it always felt like he was so depressed and sad about his life to deal with that. He just wanted to make other people's better.
1: John Candy was the same way. Mm. Uh, Jim Belushi. uh, (laughs) I feel like there's like so many examples of great comedians that just weren't happy with themselves in their lives and, and wanted to just, you know, in order to deal with that. You're right tried to make other people laugh and other people happy because they kind of fed off of other people's happiness. And when they couldn't do that or when they couldn't be around other people, that's when all the big problems happened. So I feel like I'm not necessarily surprised that this is a trait of very funny people. And I think Cracker's a very funny person. So Mm. knowing that she's kind of sad on the inside makes me really sad on the inside. And, And I want to see her succeed and realize that she's amazingly fantastic.
0: The great thing about Cracker, though, she's very self-aware and very self-critical, which I think kind of goes hand in hand with sort of hating yourself because you understand what you don't like Mm -hmm. about yourself. Um, But talking again about just like things we have as humans and differences between men and women is a lot of men don't talk about it as well. You know, like. The support is there. It definitely is. I can I'll raise my hand. The supporters is there. If you talk about stuff, you know, you're having trouble with it. it doesn't really usually doesn't even matter who you talk to about it, because most people have empathy for trauma and self-loathing and things that just aren't good, no matter how you look at it, you know. So I'm glad I'm glad to see Cracker in the competition. I want her to sort of send a message. In a way that you know it's okay to sort of have bad feelings about yourself or whatever so long as you're willing to talk about it Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i i i thought it was gonna be blair versus vixen i didn't think cracker was gonna gonna not after that runaway i don't think she was gonna gonna have to lip sync at all Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and like i I said i think the only one who deserved to be in the bottom was vixen so i mean This episode was what it was, but uh, yeah, I'm the Vixen.
0: You'll be lip syncing against yourself.
1: (laughs) How great would that have been?
0: (laughs) That'd be great. Oh, my God.
1: That would be a twist that they haven't ever done before, where it's just like you don't have any competition. You don't have to be any better than anyone but yourself. Like. Just lip sync. And if you do a good job, you stay. And if you don't do a good job, you go. That would be a twist in half.
0: (laughs) It's like a Roman Emperor competition, isn't it? (laughs) You will entertain me, and if I find you entertaining enough, the guillotine guillotine Zach will miss your neck for another week. But the biggest thing for me, what Cracker said, and why I really enjoy her character, is at the end she was very self-critical and very self-analytical, saying, I'm here because I'm great. And the other two were talking to her, would thought it was a joke, and she said, "No, no, I'm great because I wouldn't be great if I wasn't on the show." Mm-hmm. So sure, it's clear, I would, yeah, that, I
1: wouldn't be on the show if I wasn't great. Like we're all, we're all great because we've been chosen to be here. Yeah,
0: I think Cracker has been in a much worse position with her self loving and her, her respect for herself, which is a big issue I struggled with and still do—is respect for oneself. Mm. As Rupert Paul says, how if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Amen.
1: amen. <laughs> Hallelujah.
0: I like how he talks. He uses English in that, and then he goes, he's already the head <laughs> 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 The inconsistencies uh. in the show are damning. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
1: Well, I think that's pretty much gonna do it for us this week. Again, we have talked way longer than the episode itself, but I think we covered a lot of really good points this week. So, Richard, why don't you take the ending away?
0: Um, you can find me on Twitter where I've actually changed my fucking title. (gasps) I just need to. Yeah, I did it end the last episode while we were talking. (laughs) So, I'm at Goddelicious at Twitter where I just um, reblog gay shit and then um, post pictures that I like. And <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also streaming on Twitch. I'm very close to 50 followers, by the way. Nice. Um, and I play a lot of Here's the Storm and some of the shitty Steam games that I like. And you can catch me on there where I'll probably be listening to Nicki Minaj. Um, <laughs> it's Jocelyn. the best when
1: he starts to sing you guys like you don't know oh. what you're missing
0: <laughs> oh she's coming up with a new album
1: Ooh, <laughs> it's
0: called Chun-Li
1: <laughs> what
0: I know I was like oh. that's the Street Fighter character isn't it <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway Jocelyn where can folks find you
1: you can find me on Twitter and Twitch I'm at JossPlays that's J-O-C-E Plays you can also find links to everything I do over at JossPlays.com
0: jocelyn is much more professional and much more concise when it comes to ending <laughs>
1: well i do it like literally nine <laughs> times a week now so this i've is, gotten good at my sign my off. Sixth, <laughs> this is
0: my sixth attempt to at sign off i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> to squeeze it in anyway uh, thanks so much for listening to us it's 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 a pleasure for me this is the first time i've ever done a podcast and to be talking with jocelyn as well is an extra pleasure i must say because i've been an admirer of her and then uh, be able to play games with your admirer as well was quite nice. So it's 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 always a pleasure, Jocelyn, and yeah, fun, fun, we'll fun. We'll see you next fun. week. <laughs> yeah, fuck, I ramble on. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>